Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 23. I cannot believe it already. Um, This episode is inspired by my clients wanting to know why. Why am I going through what I'm going through? Why is the world the way it is now? What the fuck is going on? And why have we had to deal with things throughout our life? right? Why have we had repeat themes? Why does life sometimes seem easier for other people? And is it a negative thing that we have had some adversity in our lives or continue to? The many facets of life can be reflected in the astrological aspects. The astrological aspects are two planetary bodies or more than two that are in a geometric relationship to one another. And there are five major ones. They are called the conjunction, the sextile, the trine, the square, and the opposition, as well as I touch on my favorite minor aspect called the inconjunction. I walk you through how to intuitively, on your own, interpret, having no astrology experience, how to interpret the aspects, whether you've had these or were born with these and have dealt with certain tendencies in your life, throughout your life, or are currently going through a phase or have, this is a way to, through mindfulness and using your intuition to Feel your way into these aspects. This episode is really a challenge for you to using your own inner knowing to connect with the aspects and then to fact check and then afterwards to go and look at your chart and to see if you have these aspects. Wherever you are, know that we are sharing this time and space What is mindfulness from your perspective, from perhaps maybe you know about it from a meditation perspective, but what does mindfulness really mean to you? Oftentimes, I think, or at least with my experience, mindfulness is about clearing the mind, right? It's about getting to that state of zero or stillness, but I don't want to talk about mindfulness today from that perspective. I want to talk about what mindfulness is in relation to astrology and how by surveying, how by being present, when I'm talking about mindfulness, I'm talking about presence, I'm talking about an ability to become aware of your thoughts, an ability to 
quiet the mind, but not to empty it without thoughts, not just to survey the thoughts, but to actually engage with what is going on in your mind. Because at least for me, you know, thoughts can become redundant. They can become obsessive. We can focus our mind in a non-constructive way, right? When we're thinking negatively, when we are comparing ourselves to other people. We just came out of Libra season. I'm recording this the day after Mercury retrograde re-entered Libra. So there's a theme of balance on my mind and just the importance of mindfulness and how constructive it can be, especially to understand what you are really going through and what is affecting your mind, where your head is at. So mindfulness as a check-in with yourself can enable you to, I think, intuitively know maybe what astrological aspects you're going through. And what I mean by that is if we go through the steps of what mindfulness means, at least to me, mindfulness is a way to connect with yourself by being present. We get so absorbed in our thoughts, right? We get so absorbed in what we have to do. We get so absorbed in, let's say, the present election. In almost every conversation I've had with clients lately, It's been about what will happen with the election. Astrology knows. Astrology has the answers. It doesn't. It has the trajectory of what we will go through as a collective and what we are going through. It has the narrative. It has the framework. But in terms of how we respond as individuals, in terms of how we show up, that is on us. And so people are because we don't know exactly what's happening in the world, and I think people are fearful, they're wanting to know the outcome and the certainty that I think nothing can really give us. So mindfulness is a practice that can bring you to a state of awareness. And so beyond being so self-absorbed, I think, and I don't mean that as a criticism, only as a narrative for what we're actually in right now. If we can get present and then get into a non-judgmental state where we are not reacting and we're not emotionally engaged with something to the point that it does flood our thoughts and we judge ourselves and then we lose perception of what is real and what is true and what is actually meaningful... The third part to mindfulness, so there's presence, becoming present, non-judgment, and then purposefulness. You can ask yourself, once you become present, and the way to become present, at least for me, is to, I almost think of it as doing it through a Virgo lens. So if a Virgo were to get present, present, what do you do? You minimize the noise by focusing on the details that surround you. You start to focus on the temperature of your skin and your body. You start to notice things around you. You start to notice sounds around you. 
you start to notice colors around you, the smells, the way you feel on a physical level can bring you into a state of presence. And you don't want to then start criticizing your environment like that needs to be organized. I don't like the way that looks. I feel annoyed. I feel cold. You don't want to go into a state of criticism. So you want to observe where you are starting to become judgmental and then become purposeful with your thoughts. So asking yourself, are my thoughts, am I driving my thoughts? Am I corralling them into a purposeful place? Because what can happen neurologically is that we are so accustomed and used to having the same thoughts and thinking the same things that our neural pathways are really ingrained within us, right? Something happens externally and it causes us to go into a state of judgment and we get into a cyclical patterning of the same response. So by practicing this mindfulness or being mindful, purposefulness means I'm going to check in with my thoughts. If I notice that I'm being judgmental, I'm going to instead just observe the details around me and become in this present moment. It doesn't matter what happens during the election. Okay. And not that I, and I'm not saying that it doesn't matter who becomes president because it does, but I'm talking about that's in the future and we need to be present with the here and the now. And the way you do that is by becoming absolved in your current environment, by your feelings, by your body. And so often our thoughts are in the past, right? We're revisiting the past. We're saying, did I do that well? Does the past impact me now in the future? That is to not be present. So by focusing on these Virgo type qualities of details in our life, we can become present with the process. And then you can ask yourself, are my thoughts serving me in this present moment? Am I constructive with my thoughts? Am I too much in the past? Am I being too judgmental with myself? Am I assuming that person meant this when they said that, or you're too focused on the future and therefore you're missing out on the present moment. You're missing out on the opportunities that you have now. You're missing out on connectedness with those around you. Even by being on our phones, we're not being present. So purposefulness is a part of paying attention because you are asking yourself questions. You're cutting down on the mental noise and the judgment and you are noticing what's actually happening, right? Rather than what you think happened or could happen, you're focused on checking in with yourself. And this, I think, is a really beautiful place to then think about your life and to contextualize it in terms of what you are experiencing. Being present is such a powerful manifestation tool because what manifestation is, is 
magnetism really. It is you putting out into the universe saying, I really care about this. And it can be negative too, right? I really care about this. And you're putting all of your focus and intention into that, whether that is a thought or something you're seeing. One thing that I do in my meditation practice is like a prayer. And I always say, I call all of myself, meaning my thoughts, from past and future back into this present moment. And that is one way that I become centered. And from there, you can really push out from your heart and your mind. You can put energy into what you want and what you desire rather than thinking about what could happen and by basically being motivated or consumed by fear. This does take work because neurologically, we do get into those neuroses of it's almost laziness because you have these neural pathways that are already developed and then you stay there. It takes a lot of work to rewire your brain called neuroplasticity, which is to change the neuropathways into something new, right? It takes a lot of energy to forge a new path. It's much easier to walk down the path that is already made for you. I mention this because in astrology, there are what are called aspects. And aspects are the geometric relationship between two planetary bodies and sometimes more. These geometric relationships, I think, are very practical ways to understand life and understand the phases that we go through in life. I'd like to go through what those aspects are for you so that you can get to a state of stillness, of mindfulness, and you can actually ask yourself critical questions about what you're going through in life right now. Are you going through a phase of deconstruction where you're getting rid of a lot in your life and you are moving on from whether they're friendships, whether they're old ways of being, and you don't know yet what the future has, but you're moving in that direction, right? We can relate that to an aspect in astrology. We can relate that to a planetary return. There are other aspects of life, right? Where you growing and you are feeling so abundant and you are having a sense of renewed faith, right? And then there are other aspects where you feel an inner tension and inner challenge. And that is also equivalent to, or we can contribute it to an astrological aspect. So I'd like to give you the framework for what these aspects are and some words to define those so that you can intuitively in your own time sit with this and ask yourself questions with this framework and then actually investigate your chart and say that really resonated with me because I'm going through this and when I was in a place that was quiet enough to actually reflect positively or not positively but realistically, when I wasn't overly emotional or overly judgmental or hard on myself, when I actually sat, this is what it relates to. And you can see if you have these aspects in your chart or if you're currently experiencing them in what are called transits, which is the sky overhead today interacting with your natal chart. Aspect one is called a conjunction. 
a conjunction is two conjoining planets that almost become, they become one. And how this shows up natally, it can be seen as a positive thing because these planets are standing side by side. And I want you to think of the aspects as a visual point, okay? We're starting at point zero. We're starting at the one point perspective and you are right here next to me. You're standing shoulder to shoulder with me. We are looking at the same horizon. I cannot see your face unless I turn sideways to look at you. That is a conjunction. We're standing side by side. We're working together in the same direction, right? That is a conjunction. And the way a conjunction feels within you can have, like everything, a positive and a negative. It can feel a little bit obsessive, though. It can feel like you, if you are a person that becomes hyper-focused, if you are a person that becomes a little bit obsessive, if you are a person that um, feels like there are, you have these goals that you just must achieve, you must do it, this is likely a conjunction. can also feel like sometimes your thoughts are you, like it's hard for you to differentiate and to look at yourself objectively. Because, for example, the planet Mercury is always close to the sun. And it's more than likely that so many of you listening have Mercury in the same sign as your sun sign. So if you were born, let's say, a Scorpio, you might have Mercury also in Scorpio. Those two planets, the planet Mercury of communication and listening and thought and ideation and mental processing, the mental faculty... And the sun, your conscious awareness of self, if those two planets are together, that's called a conjunction. And that might mean that you have obsessive thoughts, or that might mean that you become very determined with your thoughts. It might mean that it's hard for you to objectively view yourself, right? So there's a synthesis with a conjunction. They're moving in the same direction. Your thoughts are within you. They are a part of you. They're not disjointed. Whereas some of us can easily and maybe too often objectify our thoughts or see them as almost detached from ourselves. That would be a little bit rare, but for the sake of the conjunction, I'm giving you an example so that you can know what it feels like and then see what conjunctions you actually have in your natal chart. This may also become a transit for you. So perhaps the sky overhead today brings a planet very close to a natal planet. Let's say Mercury retrograde currently in Libra and you are a Libra sun or you have a Libra moon and now Mercury is melding with that planet. Now your thoughts are becoming more obsessive or you're, it's harder for you to differentiate your thoughts or you're more consumed by your thoughts. That could be a simple conjunction that is happening for you. So you would look for two planets in your chart that are next to each other. And of course, it doesn't have to mean Mercury and the sun. This is just one of many examples that a conjunction could be. 
So what do you do if you have a conjunction? How do you deal with that? I think like anything, when we are mindful about something, when we realize something, then we are acknowledging it, right? We're identifying with it. So this process of being still and then noticing intuitively where you're at and making a judgment, but a constructive judgment, not a judgment against anything, but saying, okay, I feel this way and this is, it relates to that aspect. Let me now check my chart and see if I have that aspect. You're identifying and you're acknowledging something that is within you. And this is how you can constructively use astrology. You can say, I have that, I have that conjunction. And even though it's considered positive, because they're both looking in the same direction, the planets, so they're in favor of each other, but sometimes that might be a little obsessive and maybe I want some space from that. And so knowing that you can say, it's harder for me to objectively look at my thoughts. I know that. So why don't I journal some more? Why don't I talk to a friend and see if they can maybe give me some feedback a little bit about what I'm thinking. That's a constructive way to work with it. The second aspect is called a sextile. And that is when two planets are 60 degrees apart. So what this looks like is, let's say your sun is in Scorpio. Maybe you have Venus in Capricorn. That would be a sextile. So basically it skips one sign, one sign away from the other. What this is like, is either earth water or a fire air element so those are compatible right because those are normally in opposition or in sextile to one another which means they're really compatible because they bring a grounding or creative element so what this feels like the sextile is creative and passionate and like there are so many possibilities, but maybe nothing's happening. It can feel like you're optimistic. You are maybe even content, but there's a lot happening within you in terms of creativity, in terms of happiness in a way that there's possibility, but what are you doing with it? And it's not that we have to do something with a beautiful canvas and fresh oil paints that are sitting in front of us. It's not that we have to do anything with that beautiful grand piano that we just purchased. But if you feel like you're not utilizing your ideas or your creative talents and you're maybe a little bit too content, that could be a sextile aspect. One way to work with the sextile aspect, if you have this, uh, and I see a lot of artists that have a sex that have sextiles. For example, um, let's say their sun is in Scorpio, and um, and their moon is in Virgo. For example, whenever there's a sextile, I notice that the person has artistic talents, and I always look for are they using them though? Because when we have these talents, sometimes we can get a little bit lazy unless we have the more difficult or what are considered difficult aspects in astrology. 
So that is one way to look at that. If you are feeling idle, like you're not utilizing these gifts, or you're even going through a period where you feel more creative, perhaps then that is a transit. Another aspect that is similar to the sextile, it's aspect number three, and this is the trine aspect. Trine means that there are planets, two planets or three or more, that are in the same element. What this feels like is that you have natural gifts. So it's different than the sextile and that sextiles are potential. You bought the canvas, right? You bought the paints, but you're not doing anything with them. A trine is that you are painting frivolously all day long, or you have this a beautiful ability to communicate, right? That's the air element. Or you have this crazy cooking skills. You're always cooking at home for your family, but maybe you don't have the motivation to do it so much. So you have these skills that are evident to everyone around you, but in you're using them, right? Different than the sextile, but you are a little bit lazy. You even take them for granted. And you give people, I'll give you another example for the trine. Let's say everyone comes to you for advice they share with you um they tell you that you have just such a beautiful way of communicating and you're not doing more with that that is a trine trines are sometimes taken for granted but there's ease in our life they're joyful and maybe we don't need to do something with it but if you are looking for a new career if you are looking for a new way of integration you know you have this project on the table but you would like to know what your skill set is look for trines in your chart trines are when two planets are in the same element there is a rule in astrology in which they need to be exact right or they need to be just a couple degrees away from one another so you would pay attention to the degrees um because there are zero to 30 degrees per sign. And so you just want to make sure that they're within the same 120 degree. And that's a whole other episode to get into degrees and the specifics. But again, this is a way for you to, in your practice, and when you're reflecting about your life, and of course, trying to um, get a hold on your sense of empowerment and just reevaluate your life in a new and creative way and using astrology this is one way to do it is to get into that place of stillness and then think about these qualities of the aspects and then actually go and fact check pull up your chart and actually look and confirm it if you are having a period in your life where you are actually developing your skills where you're wanting to learn, where you're practicing and you are growing into a new skill set. You're likely experiencing a transiting trine or there could be an activation to a natal trine. One example is if we go back to the sextile aspect where I gave you the example of visualization and proximity. 
you're standing next to me in the conjunction aspect, sorry, not the sextile, the conjunction. You're standing next to me, shoulder to shoulder, in the conjunction, we're looking forward. We cannot see each other. I cannot see you, but I am looking at the same horizon as you and we are working together, right? I'm to your right. I now take uh, two steps to your right. That is a sextile aspect. I'm still on your same side, but you're a tiny bit more visible to me. I can see you out of the corner of my eye. And now if I move five steps away from you, I'm still on your same side, but I can see you more. I have more visibility. That is the 120 degree angle. That is the trine. A trine example is if we think about the transiting sky overhead today, Jupiter, the planet of faith and growth and expansion and wisdom is in the sign of Capricorn, late in the sign. So if you were then born, Capricorn is an earth sign. So if you were then born with either your sun, late in Virgo, another earth sign, or late in Taurus, an earth sign, then Jupiter is trining your sun. It's 120 degrees away from your sun. This is going to bring about talents from you. You'll start thinking about how you are growing and actually developing the talents. And you want to make use of this time. This is what astrology is so, so useful in doing is helping us to really seize opportunities and to align to these time cycles. The fourth aspect is called a square, and it is when two planets form a 90 degree angle to one another. So what this means is they are in the same modality. And what this looks like is if I take four steps away from you. So I'm not at the fifth step, but I'm at this, I'm 90 degrees away from you. And I can see you now fully out of the corner of my eye and my shoulder is to you. And the square aspect feels like there is something kind of wrong. There's something inside that just feels uneasy. There's something within you that feels disharmonious. It can be that it could feel like anger. It could feel like you are tense, you're apprehensive too much, you're you're internalizing a lot, you're becoming analytical, you're judging yourself a lot, you're being really hard on yourself. Um, it could even feel like you are going through some kind of transformation and this isn't brought on by anything external or outside of you but this is something within you that is actually being triggered to transform to to be um, harmonized through motivation so the square aspect is like that inner tension and I always think of this square aspect as the pearl being formed it's formed by tension and through the tension you become 
more magnanimous, more beautiful, you have more value, you have more grit. If we don't have the wherewithal to overcome situations in life, then we don't get very far. Life isn't all about ease and beauty and harmony. It's also about the dark places and it is about overcoming certain adversities that we've had in life and overcoming them. And the only way to do that is to have the will to overcome them and to become empowered and to not allow others to ever, don't ever give them the credit that they've done something to you, right? It's, it's really about conquering victim consciousness. I quite love the square aspects because you see some of the most ambitious people in terms of they're willing to do the work. They're willing to stay with a situation and see it through. Someone that has a lot of trines natally or conjunctions might become a little bit, conjunctions for example, could become a little bit self-obsessed, okay? Someone with a lot of trines wants life easy because they have ease within them. And so we tend to be in experiences and relationships and situations that are reflective of our internal, let's call them aspects or facets. And it doesn't mean we're, we're this way for life, but by becoming aware of them, you can actually notice this and heal them. And so if you are a person that doesn't like to deal with difficulties a lot, you may have a lot of trines. You may want things to come easy for you. Um, personally, I have quite a few trines and I have many squares. So I've got this, this desire for things to be easier to come natural and I can get frustrated, but I have squares that balance it out that actually allow me to work hard to do something with those trines rather than to take them for granted. So if you have square aspects, let's say your sun is in Leo and your rising is in Scorpio, or let's say your moon is in Scorpio and your sun is in Aquarius, for example. That is a square aspect, and that gives you the motivation to really deal with life and to sometimes deal with those hardships. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to always be that person who's just showing up for people when life is good and then running when life gets difficult. Those are the square elements. They give us a sense of grit, and I think depth to a strong degree. Just a friendly reminder that in the show notes on my website, there are additional resources pertaining to this topic. If you go to rosetheodora.com forward slash podcast, and select the episode that you're listening to. You'll find them there. As well as, I want to announce that I'm relaunching the current classes that I'm teaching. The foundation, which is a way to learn the fundamental layers in astrology, and my course reset, which is for more advanced students to connect with your purpose in life and those key traits in your natal chart. So those will be available in the next month. If you go to Rose Theodora dot com forward slash classroom that information will be available to you there 
If you feel like this is something you're going through now that is particular to you or circumstance where you feel like just this inner tension, it's not brought on by any event, but you just feel uneasy. It's likely that you're going through a square aspect. So you'd want to check your chart and see if there are any planets overhead today, transiting planets that are making that 90 degree angle to your native planet that is I think acting as an activator to bring a certain natal placement that you have to the forefront and to get you to notice it and to work with it and to shape it, to really mold it into something more refined, more magnanimous, more intelligent within you. And the last of the major aspects is the opposition. And now this is when we were standing together with the conjunction. We were conjoined. We were one. And now I've decided to walk to your right all the way around and stand exactly 180 degrees across from you. I think of the opposition as a teeter-totter. So if we were both sitting on a teeter-totter, when I'm down, you go up, and when you're up, I go down. The opposition feels like something external, something out of your control. An event has sparked a reaction, a feeling, a something within you that doesn't feel great. It feels like an opposition, exactly what the word means which is that you have, let's say, a goal and you're going in a direction and you're studying and you're taking the necessary steps to make things happen. And now you're being opposed, let's say, by something externally. Let's say the school that you've applied to get into has come back and said, you know what, we don't accept you. Or you are, you have a job, you're providing for your family and now all of a sudden, because of COVID, you're out of a job. That is an opposition event, and that is likely because of an opposition that you are having or were born with in your natal chart. If you, to be clear, if you were born with an opposition in your chart, what this would look like is you're born with Sun in Taurus, your moon is in Scorpio. So you're looking for the polarity and in polarities, there is resolution. It's not like you're fucked for life. And it's not like this keeps happening throughout your life. You're going to get really good at your natal aspects with age. If you really do the work, you get really used to it. You get good at it. And so for you born with, if you are born with an opposition in your chart, and let's say another person doesn't have any oppositions, and there's a transit, the sky overhead today comes into opposition with one of their natal planets. Let's say transiting Jupiter in Capricorn opposes their sun in Cancer. That is going to be an opposition that activates them. It makes them become more aware of their Cancerian personality and their need for security and stability. And it's going to bring about change in their life and it's change that's external it's needed for them it's part of their evolutionary process right but maybe that person has a harder time 
going through those changes and dealing with the opposition than someone born with those natal placements who is used to it. It's nothing new. Okay, I've got this hiccup. I've got something in front of me that is an obstacle. I can overcome it. I've been here. I've done that before. This is when we can become really helpful to one another because every person is so unique, so individual, and you are made with aspects that are so perfect for you. You've been with yourself your whole life and hopefully come to know yourself or taken those steps. You can help another person if you see that they're having a hard time and something external like COVID is really affecting them. Maybe they don't have the, they're not as equipped as you to deal with opposition and you can help them. So knowing your natal aspects, knowing those closest to you, your loved ones, and being able to be strong where perhaps they are weak or less versed than you can be so, so supportive, so helpful, so constructive. There's something that I'd like to point out to you also in in addition to the aspects that we are talking about is that astrology is often thought of as a causal relationship. Causal meaning cause and effect. The planets are moving and therefore transiting or you were born with these aspects and they have a cause and effect. When they move, they are causing an effect within your life. If you do something, if you take action, you are causing an effect, right? In your life and in other people's lives. And while that is somewhat true, it's not. What happens with this assumption is that astrology becomes this parallel and it becomes this disconnect. And then we can get into the conversation, which I've certainly had, and I've had it on this podcast, where we think about the validity of astrology and being proven, right? There's so much talk, at least in my world, around proof and around predictability and around um, events that happen and how astrology hasn't yet been scientifically proved, but yet maybe people are looking in the wrong direction. They're looking for cause and effect, right? They're looking for the scientific proof. That's a scientific theory, right? You need a hypothesis and then you need to test it and prove it. That's not astrology. Astrology more so is related to a definite relationship between the whole universe, right? The universe is a whole. You are a part of the entire universe. And therefore, and somehow, at least to me, astrology becomes or speaks to the definite relationship. You have a definite relationship and that's the only evidence you need that you are connected to the universe. And that the universe in its movement, in its cycles, in its heartbeat, in its rhythm, in its resonance, you are a part of. And therefore, there is no separation. That, to me, feels much more inclusive of what the universe represents, what God represents, whatever you believe in, versus 
a causal relationship of cause and effect where we are breaking things down and trying to define or quantify what God is, what the universe is. How can we possibly do that? How can we possibly prove that, right? So I bring that up because I want you to think about aspects as a facet of the universe that is working within you. And if you have these more difficult aspects like the square or like the opposition, it doesn't mean you are cursed. It doesn't mean that you are going to have a harder time in life. But what it does mean is that you are here to really improve and really evolve and really work on yourself. And the most dynamic people have an effect in this world because you don't turn away from adversity or difficulty and you really grow into yourself with age. Which leads me to the next aspect. This is a minor aspect and it's the only one I will mention called a quincunx or an in conjunct. This happens to be my favorite aspect. It's very difficult um, because it's as if you are standing in one place and I'm standing in another and we just cannot see each other. It's 150 degrees apart. So what that means is I'm not 180 degrees in front of you where you can fully see me. You can see the obstacle, right? In opposition, you can identify it. You know, if you had a job and were supporting your family and now you're fired, it's clear what's creating the conflict, right? In your life. But with the square, for example, it's internal. With this quincunx or in conjunction, it means the planets do not have anything in common. They have no modality in common and they are not of the same element. So there's no commonality between them. And this can happen. This can happen within us that we have parts of ourselves that we are not aware of. Parts of ourselves that are disjointed. Parts of ourselves that need special attention. These can show up as perhaps certain mental disorders, and I'm not getting into anything psychological or scientific with this episode, but I'm just giving you a little bit of a teaser because I want you to think about life through the aspects. Because remember, astrology is a life science. It's an art form related to life, and it allows us to fine-tune our life and to know ourselves more to know ourselves intimately. So if you ever feel like that, for example, if you feel like the direction of your life doesn't align to your personality or who you think you are, if you feel like your emotional needs are never being fulfilled, yet you've got this great life, what could you possibly want, yet you still feel unfulfilled? This is a sign that you might have a natal in conjunction or quincunx. It's the same thing, two different words. It could mean that a transiting planet, let's say Saturn currently in Capricorn, and you have 
another planet in Leo. Let's say your sun is in Leo and Saturn in Capricorn. They have nothing in common. Leo's a fixed sign. Saturn in Capricorn. Capricorn is a cardinal sign. Capricorn is an earth sign. And Leo's a fire sign. They don't have anything in common. So Saturn is about building and fortifying your life, right? Maturing your life. And then the sun is about your ego needs or your personality or how you identify with yourself. The way you're identifying with yourself might not align to the way you're building your life. You want to look then for those quincunx aspects or the inconjunct because instead of feeling like you're doing something wrong or like something's wrong with your life, what you can do instead is say, oh, I have to treat these separately. I actually have to look at how I am at, I'm building my life. You have to look at, at what you're actually doing to build your life and then look at your sense of self and your personality and ask what you need. What do you need to feel confident right now? What can you do? How can you treat yourself in that way? And then think about, well, it's not that I'm doing anything wrong. It's that this blind spot that I had, something is going on in that blind spot. And now I am given an opportunity to build it. It's just that it's not visible to one another. I do think Uh, that's a nice word or an accurate word to describe quincunx that one planet is invisible to the other one is in the blind spot you're not aware of it unless you have an aspect to activate it to become aware of it or you can look at your chart and identify it and see that and for the quincunx it would have to be an exact degree It can't be more than five away from each other. You can't generalize these things. Astrology is very mathematical. So you can't say, yeah, I have uh, Sun in Leo and I've got Saturn in Capricorn. You can't make it that vague. You actually have to look at the exact degree, the number, the location that it's at and make sure it is the same to really feel that more prevalent. I invite you to investigate and really look at your life through more compassion by investigating your natal placements as well as transits. You know, if you had gone through a particularly difficult time, you may want to consult an astrologer to look at your transits during that time to see if you had some of these aspects that we were talking about so that you can not blame yourself so that you can move forward with more compassion and more forgiveness. And I am sharing this with you and these aspects in particular during this time because we are going through such a tumultuous collective time, a crucial time in which we all need to recognize our gifts and our talents and step into who we are and let go of the past so that we can have a brighter future. If we're too weighted, if we hold on to the past too much, and if we're too damn hard on ourselves, then we're not stepping into the beauty of what it means to be human, and we're not benefiting anyone else. We're not adding any light to this world.
there is a psychiatrist out of Boston named Bessel van der Kolk, and he's a researcher um, and actually a professor at Boston University, and he's one of the leading experts on post-traumatic stress when it comes to how trauma has affected the brain. And he pioneers approaches for trauma treatment that focus on actually calming the nervous system. And one quote that he says, which I think is fitting for this episode, is that as long as you keep your secrets and you suppress information, you are fundamentally at war with yourself and the critical issue is to allow yourself to know what you know. That takes an enormous amount of courage. I am truly wishing you a beautiful rest of this month and this year and wherever you are in your journey. I hope that you are holding yourself in more compassion and more love now more than ever. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with those whom you feel would enjoy it most as well as leaving a five-star review. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next week. While in the merry month of May, not from me home, I started, left the girls at you, nearly broken, and saluted father dear. Kiss me, darling mother, drank a pint of beer, me grief and tears, I smothered enough to reap the corn, leave for I was born, caught a stout black tar to banish ghosts and goblins, brand new pair of brooks to rat the love of the bugs, frighten all the dogs on the rocky road to Dublin, one to three for five. Hunt the hare and turn her down the rocky road, and all the ways to Dublin, Mike Falali in Mullingar the blight arrested limb so weary Started by daylight this morning bright And nearly took a drop of the pure Keep me heart from sinking, that's the paddy's cure When Aries up for drinking to see the lassies smile Laughing all the while at me curious style To set your heart a bubbling, ask me was I hired Wages I required till I was almost tired Of the rocky go to Dublin, one to three for five Put the hair and turn her down the rocky road And all the ways to Dublin, Mac Falali in Dublin next arrived I thought it such a pity to be so soon The pride the view of that fine city Then I took a stroll All among the quality bundle it was tall When in a neat locality something crossed me mind When I looked behind a bundle Caught I find upon me A wobble and quiet and far the road Set me con a frog It wasn't much in vogue On the rocky road to Dublin One to three for five Put the hair and turn her down the rocky road And all the ways of Dublin Mac Falali from there I got to Wainsters, never failing, landed on the cages as the ship was sailing. Captain Happy Lord said the door of Harry when I jumped aboard a cabin from for Paddy. Down among the pigs, did some hearty rigs, a dance some hearty jigs. The water room me bubbling when a poly head wished myself was dead, I bet the barn instead on the rocky road to Dublin, one to three for five. Pump the hair and turn it down the rocky road and all the ways to Dublin, Macfalali
down a rocky road and all the way to Dublin, Mac for Lally Ah well, the boys of Liverpool, when we safely landed, called myself a fool. I could no longer stand it, blood began to boil. Emperor, I was losing poor old air and soil, oh they began. It was in Harami, souls as I'm a shillelagh, I had a fly. Dolly boys were by and saw I was a hobbling with a loud hooray. Join in the affray, quickly clear the way for the rocky road to Dublin, one to three for five. Put the hair and turn her down the rocky road and all the ways to Dublin, Mac for Lally Rock. Put the hair and turn her down the rocky 